Hi, I am Rachel O'Connor, a coach, speaker, and author of Soul Trader, Point and Heart Back into Your Business. And I'm delighted to be here with another author, <laughs> an author who is also a coach, speaker, and accountant. Karen Burke, I'd delight to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Yeah, it's so good to see you because, Karen, I thought it'd be good to catch up with you and to do an interview with you and just to find out a little bit about your life, your journey, um, and everything along those lines. And I think it's interesting timing because you've just also um, published, I think your first book, um, The Coming Book of Healing Hugs, which is yes. really exciting. <laughs> it sounds very interesting, especially we happen to be recording this on the tail end, hopefully, of a global pandemic where lots of people have not been able to hug. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, maybe maybe we should start there. Um, okay. Karen, um, I, actually, well, let me ask you this question first of all. How would you describe yourself for people who don't know anything about you and the work that you do? Let's start there. Could you introduce yourself and what you basically do? Okay, as Rashid said, I'm Karen Burke. Um, I do a number of things. I've started off from being an accountant um, into doing life coaching, into also running businesses at the same time. So with my partner, Devon, we run the Mind Body Therapy Centre in um, SC23 London. We also run a social enterprise, um, t4h.org.uk. And um, our latest venture coming out of last year was, um, you know, writing books. I have written a, another one. So this is my second book. It's a power up for the year is the first one for me, mm -hmm. um, which is very much about powering up. Um, as, you, as, you, as you can tell, I'm very much a go-getter mm -hmm. so, and, and a goal-setter. So this is coming out of that first experience in 2018. And then, as Rashid said, with um, last year, um, decided to put all our efforts, myself and Devon, into the calming book of Healing Hugs. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's kind of like a new, a new venture um, for us, or at least for Devon. But for me, it's something that I've always wanted to do back in my, back in my mind. Mm. Um, so from when I know Rashid from, you know, 2006 times when I started doing my coaching course and um, I picked Rashid to be my coach uh, initially. And um, again, some, you know, certain things that he was always say in a sense of um, doing things from the heart. And I think I tapped, touched base with you again, um, probably about 20. 10, 2012, something like that. I had already jumped out of corporate um, for a couple of years and I was a bit frustrated. What, what have I done? What am I doing? Um, my big accountant money and, you know, struggling in this business and trying to grow the business and everything else. So um, you started the businesses from about 2009. So it's been a quite a journey. I touched base again because um, I was saying, well, what am I doing? I thought I was going to do accounting and coaching and that's my, you know, working for myself. But now we've got this big, massive, um, the centre that's come along and then we've got this community work that again is coming from the heart but it's demanding so much of my time and like where do I go what should I do and I remember you saying again you come from the heart you've got so many people that you're that are already there that you're touching so in effect it's like you're coaching naturally anyway which I kind of was being on the front of the house all the time I was kind of coaching all the time um, to people that came in wanted to have a little talk um, usually I would, I would you know people my friends say I, I do that to my head and then people just start pouring out things and then we go and sit down we have to sit down you know and have a conversation so it's been an interesting and eclectic journey so far. I mean it sounds like such a rich journey and I'd imagine that um I, the, the first thing that jumped into my head is that given all the things that you've did, that you've done, Karen, having that background as an accountant must have been very, very, very useful. Can I just ask, did you know from very early on that you at some point wanted to be your own boss? And what gave you the courage to eventually go out and be your own boss? Because it sounded as though you were doing well 
yes. as an accountant and then to make that step to be your own boss especially doing something a bit like coaching or therapy um, and so on can often be can be challenging kind of careers um, so so um, did you always know you wanted to be your own boss and how did you find the journey? Um, I always knew I wanted to be my own boss probably around 35 when I was um, again probably reaching you know the height of my career and then I could go another couple of steps and you know in order to be director etc get to my six-figure salary etc but uh, it was something that I thought well I, I, I'd rather be um, the master of my own destiny and I know at that at the time there, there were glass ceilings at the time and I, I thought well I don't want anything to stop me from doing all the things that I love and one part of me is logic and accounting and facts and figures mm. but the other part of me is heart and creative and you know writing poems I used to do from young and um, reaching out to young girls which I used to do um, you know be part of even while I was working I was doing Prince's Trust work as a volunteer mm-hmm. um, so there was always the other side of me that you know I felt like I wanted to do it um, but also there's you know not just be an accountant to, to be more than that and also to carry on writing which I had started creative writing from young so mm-hmm. it was when um, it was before I met Devon but you know there's quite a critical moment because it was um, the wellbeing network where we met um you know over 15 years ago whereby he said you know oh I always wanted to start a therapy business and I thought well I didn't mind what business I knew I wanted to carry on doing accountancy and coaching but I also didn't mind what other business so it was like okay let's do it then let's put the pull this therapy business together so um at the time I was already doing a four-day week and I was doing my coaching at the time um and then we started the business I went to a three-day week in corporate and um I thought okay we're doing all this thing then we started the community group and community um social enterprise actually and I thought well actually it's either I go for my six-figure salary now or I jump out and Mm -hmm. that was a critical moment to say which way do I go um I could have gone either way because at the end of the day um it was very small in such a world and it was only that someone that knew me that didn't just didn't sign the second signature Mm -hmm. um on working in Lloyd's you know insurance um but at the same time as you know someone always says well if, if one door closes, another opens. Mm. So I decided to, now, now's the time to jump and start the, you know, go into the businesses more. They're already started. Um, but to put my energy into the business, my business, um, it was something that I said, well, it's time. It's mm. time. Well, it's yeah. fascinating what you're saying, Karen, because I'd imagine, so here you are, you're working not just as an accountant, but you're working for a huge prestigious um, firm, Lloyd's. Um, uh, you can then get to a very seen level as we know there can be all sorts of barriers yes. and so on. Yes. And not only that you go out there and become your own boss, but you then decide to, that you're going to establish a, a centre which has huge costs. So did you, were, <laughs> did you go into that with a logical mind or just with a creative mind? Was it kind of, I'm just going for this. I mean, that's great, right? It was as a mixture. Actually, I was working for RBS at the time, but I was going for a job in lawyers. But um, so... In that respect, I think it was a mixture of both. So it made logical sense to me when we first started, we was at the bottom of a gym and it made logical sense that if we had a number of therapists that would rent the rooms, we could cover the rent and the reception. In the second jump where we've got our own premises now, uh, leasing for, well, at the start of 2013 for 15 years, mm-hmm. um, we it was um, heart and logic because at the, the time we didn't have the money so we had to go to different bank accounts and see, bank and see, okay, could you loan us some money? 
um, you know, as the works were going on, we had to refurbish the whole place and, you know, put the rooms in, electrics, plumbing, everything, and make it the center that we wanted. As soon as people come in, that's exactly what we wanted them to feel, that healing hug. It is, that's where it's coming from. And as people come in, they do, they say they, they do that. They do that. And it was a, it was a mixture of heart and head knowing that we've got the skills already five five years into the business knowing that we've got certain therapists already knowing that we've, we've done it already in the sense of you know hiring people etc employing people so it's just a matter of you know being our total own boss with our own premises as soon as you come through front door it's ours and we can start selling products and things like that and have everything out and make it be exactly the the space and the energy we want it to be so um when we saw the premises myself and Devon shook hands and said okay as we said in the first place no matter what it takes and you know we believed we had faith that uh, something I'm writing now actually we had faith to believe that it was the right time um it was all aligned it was someone that was working with us before had said oh don't forget to look at that place and we looked at it we had been looking around for a couple of years and we looked at it and we said there's the right length and breadth and everything we could get about six therapy rooms in there plus the infrared sauna so um we jumped in Sounds and we believed the rest of the money would come and it did it's really extraordinary what you're saying and and, and as you know i love that thing about the blend between their head and heart and really trusting mm. it yeah and sort of blend between patients, planning, yeah. um, and so on. Can I just ask, I'm curious to know about, so tell us about the, um, the therapy center. What's the range of the, the therapies mm -hmm. there? What's the, the, the vision be, be, um, behind, uh, behind it? Yeah, it's a complementary health center. So um, the heart and the mind behind it is, and the vision is, as we said, as soon as people come in, they we, we want them to, um, we called it the filling station at one, one stage where people come in to top up and fill up themselves. Um, they might come in tired or injured or in pain or um, just needing some relaxation. And basically we go from the whole range of our core and strength is, is massage, deep tissue massage. And we go from there to, you know, therapeutic massage to remedial, um, to sports, um, all the way through to reflexology, acupuncture. We had corporate at one stage. We had osteopathy at one stage. Um, we have, um, as I said, reflexology. We have the infrared sauna, and we also have some beauty as well. So we're doing the, you know, the facials, waxing, etc., as um, as in a more pampering way than than you'd see in a fast turnaround. And we always wanted it to be that as people lie down, we're not rushing them to get up. We allow them to lie for a while to feel the effects of um, relaxation. As you know, you as you was constantly talking about living in a fast-paced world and and sometimes slowing down. And that's exactly what we want people to do when they come into the space. Slow down for a while have a you know have a cup of tea we used to give the cup of tea before um you know a cup of water just just stop and pause for a minute and have time for you and that's the kind of space and some of the well-being products we sell in there as well you know incense candles um diffusers so it's all about the scents and the smells we as people come in they would smell the incense that we've been burning um the sprays that Devon has made the room sprays you know um they would have a sense of calm all the the rose quartz that is in there is quite specific points um they would feel the energy a safe energy a um hug in energy a um I can relax here. I can drop my shoulders here. 
Um, you know, so I'm, I'm glad that our team has been over the years have been very good, um, you know, various teams over the years. But at the minute, we're able to step back a bit and allow the team to continue our ethos. Um, and it is a win win for all, for all the therapists and the staff and, you know, team that is there, making sure that everyone's happy. But at the same time, the, 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 the crux of it is um, allowing a client to feel at home, allowing a client to feel safe, allowing a client to feel totally relaxed. Um, that is that is at the heart of it. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, there's a few things I want to kind of um, still pick up on, on, on today, Karen. I'm curious to know, lots of people who might be watching this might be also either thinking about or starting out or running their own business. And as we know, it can be challenging. It There can be all sorts of ups and downs. What advice would you give to somebody who's either thinking about doing what you've done, especially the kind of person who perhaps like yourself always felt at one point that they wanted to be their own boss or the person who's starting out or maybe finding it difficult or that they're working part-time as you had done and trying to get things moving. Could you give us, you know, maybe it might be a blend between head and heart, and those maybe maybe three very practical tips yeah. and three heart-centered tips in terms of to help people to get their business um, um, going. Mm. Um, well, one, there's something I, uh, the book I'm writing now is about building life muscles. So in there, I had to put a bit about business because it is quite dear to us. Mm. And one of the things I say um, is, it's just just start the damn thing. <laughs> just start it. Um, so a lot of people pondering and wondering whether or not to go for it. Um, just just start it. We can plan it as much as we want. Yes, you can do the business plan, etc. You can, of course, see if there's a need for your product, etc. But, you know, just start because you will learn as you go along. You will learn. Um, you know how to price things you will learn how to um, produce you know produce things you will learn how to package things you know as you go along but just start somewhere um, you know and start from this you can start from the smallest amount so we didn't have a lot of funds in the beginning so we didn't take on a whole big building in the, in the beginning we took um, part of a gym and was downstairs in the gym so start where you can is mm -hmm. the next one start where you can and um, therefore there are no excuses um, another practical one, yes, it, there is a bit of planning in there. So if you're working and trying to do this at the same time, it's about discipline. It really is about discipline and determination. Mm. Um, practically, it's blood, sweat and tears when you're tw seven days a week, 24-7, we're doing 46 nowadays. It's blood, sweat and tears for the first three years. You know, there's no going around it. And then when we moved again into our own premises, it's still blood, sweat and tears again. Three years, you know, just on it. And putting processes in place, systems, people. Um, I think it's getting the systems in place, people, processes, and and systems. Um, once you've got those in place, your ethos is there, and everyone that comes in will follow it. Um, yeah, that is hard a, a bit as well because you will feel the right people. Um, you will know. For us, people have moved out slowly out of our companies at specific times. Yes, people have gone on to other things, which are great. But also those that don't quite fit will naturally fall out. So it's not about, oh, have I bought on the right person? Have I not? Energetically, if you work energetically, you will know, OK, this is the right person for this time. Mm -hmm. And after a few years, it might be, well, actually, they will feel it. We will feel it. They will know that. They, they're moving out they've got one one foot out the door naturally energetically yeah and that, that 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 tip around really trusting the energetics around people yes who feels yeah. right and then knowing that there might be an ebb and flow and yeah. they might be right for a period of time then move on yeah. two more tips in terms of um trust your instinct 
um, right. as soon as we saw the place, uh, for example, um, we both felt it and we both knew, okay, this is a place to go for. So mm-hmm. it's about trusting your gut instinct. You will know within your body, your, 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 your heart, just say your gut. And it is so true because your gut tells you a lot. Your body tells you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not right, you'll feel uncomfortable. You'll feel, um, you know, edgy, you know, but at the same time, watch that because at the same time, when you're excited and when it's a bit uncomfortable, it's also adrenaline and drive and excitement. So there's, there's the scary, um, okay, no, I shouldn't do this and stop. And there's also the adrenaline. I know this is a bit out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to do it because it's so exciting it's, and it feels right. It's that type of thing. So mm-hmm. it's just knowing the difference between that gut instinct. Um, I feel the other one probably uh, following the heart is um, having faith, you know, as you make a leap, um, have faith that it's going to work out either way. Even if there's a bit of a failure in certain aspects of the business or uh, the whole business fails, at least you've learned some lessons. At least you've learned how not to do things. And then you go again, try again with a different product or a different place or a different person, you know, try it again. Because it's, if it's something that's you really want to do that is in your desire, you will find a way around to do it. Just like now, I always thought, you know, five years ago, I so said, how am I ever going to find the time to write? Mm-hmm. And yet, putting processes and people and systems in place has enabled me to obviously with the lockdown uh, last year it's enabled me to have more time but I already had done my other book in 2018 I mm-hmm. I carved out space for me to write because it's it was my desire and I found a way to do it I thought why am I always in why am I always on front of house why am I always the first person to be called when someone's off sick no I had to put some another person in place so that I'm not the second person that they call so that I can be released to do the other desires of my heart as it were so follow the desire of your heart you will find a way you will find a solution um if it is to be you'll find a solution for it and just a very very quick thought um and before we, we um touch on the books and very very briefly i just wanted to touch on this thing about you talked about hiring people now many sole traders will be literally the s-o-l-e traders who are heart-centered and may only ever be them in their particular business and many therapists and so on that's what um how, how the, the nature of their business but some people might get to a point where they're wanting to take people on and so on how did you decide to do that? And did you go and, and how did you decide around whether you were going to work with people independently, that people would be just freelance, be their own boss independently, or to, or to employ, which of course um, incurs quite a lot of costs. And do you want to just give a couple of tips um, to, to people who might be weighing that up at some point thinking, mm-hmm. I'd love to do that, but I'm daunted by it. Or I wouldn't know how to begin. Yeah, um, part-time. So you don't have to take on somebody full time. What we did in the first scenario um, of the fi- five years we was in the gym basement. Um, we had self-employed people, but we, we employed our reception. Um, and then we just, dis- you know, discovered, well, actually looking at the facts and figures, which you have to look at as well. What was most um, what would bring the most revenue? What would bring the most profit? And in the end, it was definitely making sure that massage and reflexology and beauty belonged to Mind Body Therapy Centre and not to other people so mm-hmm. we changed the model when we went into the new place to employ our if people that do massage and reflexology and beauty and that's the model that we chose um as things change some people that we had worked with as self-employed away work um doing events etc we love them still and they said well is there any space for us to do some work in the center so we have our core team which are employed and the front of house team which is employed mm-hmm. um but as you said first very expensive so we also have some self-employed people that cover some of the shifts that because we're open seven days a week we have a lot of shifts to cover so some of them should cover 
of the um, ev you know, e evening, some of the other days and the weekend shifts. So there's a mixture at the moment that we use. And when we do, um, for example, we do a lot of community work when we have like last year was doing bringing on a lot of counsellors, but they're all self-employed and they were able to reach out to a lot of vulnerable people. We were able to expand and detract as we need the people. So I would say own it as you need them, bring them on, and, but you can start part-time. Wonderful. Wow. Well, we've got so much still to cover in just a little bit of time, but I'm loving that. Well, I want to talk a little bit about, um, <clears throat> I want to talk about the books, but maybe just before we leave the books, um, head on to the books, let's talk a little bit about um, the social enterprise. So you've talked a little bit about the Mind and Body Therapies uh, Centre um, and how and the story behind that. Um, and you talked about the, um, that you touched on the social, enter, um, the social enterprise um, and uh, therapy for healing. Yes. Um, and I would look had a quick look at the website and I love that, I just literally had a quick look at the page mm. and I just love that energy of that, you know, schools, prisons, young people and so on. Tell me about why is that, what is social enterprise to you? Why is it dear to your heart? And what would you encourage? Do you think we should all be doing that or some of that at some point in our life? I know I used to be a volunteer yeah. for the Samaritan and co-director for the Samaritan yeah. Central London and myself, and it's been a key pivotal part of my life and my career, not that I do it kind of currently, but for me, I think there's something about it that's very powerful. Tell us just very briefly, how did that come about? Why is it important? And would you encourage people to get involved? Totally. I think we were doing this a lot of um, community work anyway um, from Devon started doing it. And then someone said to us, we were doing it through Mind Body Therapy. And someone said to us, um, well, as carers, um, Lewisham wanted us to um, give therapy services to some of their carers. And then their funding ran out and someone said to us, well, why don't you set up a social enterprise and they can go for funding and still carry on that service? So it started from us doing a low cost clinic, really, at the centre. And they said, well, start a social enterprise, get some funding and continue to the work. So we started that. We continued the work. We, um, through them, went on to autistic children, helping some um a group of autistic children actually at a youth club and then from there it just expanded into doing work with housing groups um with um, residents with um people in you know that have got disabilities long-term needs really those that need long-term help but can't really afford the private care in a sense of um painful full-blown massage so that's kind of where it came from and that started really the same year as the mind therapy center and we started from there to say well okay, if we're going to offer this low-cost clinic service, um, we can still do that. When we've got funds, they can pay a very nominal amount. And if we haven't got funds, then they go back to the low-cost clinic amount. And that's kind of how it all came together. And it came from Devon doing loads of orange work beforehand, um, giving the services free. And out of that came so many other bookings that we got paid for because someone... Um, he someone followed him and said okay I want you now I'm um, now work for occupational health for example come and do some work for the staff you wow. know so to me it's about it's the giving back which I think you will always get back in return either mm. in paid work or in um that feeling of mm. helping so many people we helped hundreds of people last year and into this year um over the phone in in um giving counseling to befriending mentoring coaching um and then physical therapists when we could have the center open mm. and that feeling that even the therapists and the counselors get of oh they you know some of the stories that come back and oh you helped me so much you helped me to change my life or you helped me to um you know we've, we've come across so many women you know through domestic violence as well that have come on come into our uh, into our books basically through the counsellors and um 
the impact on their life in that time of crisis has been amazing. You know, sometimes we've only been able to give six, but sometimes up to 12 sessions. Mm. Um, you know, we'd love to give more because we know the long-term effect of how much it can mm. help people's mental health, especially during this time as well. So it's very much a need that was, you know, dominant last year, but it's still a need this year. We've got some funds, but not as much as last year with the COVID recovery and everything else, but it's still so much a need for it. And people are coming in into the centre and saying, I know you do T4H, is it possible to go onto your local clinic? It's got some carers coming through. We've got people that are asking for counselling, um, but can't afford it. People are in all sorts of positions and situations. And I think if we can give back on one hand um, and receive on the other, then we're kind of trying to do the right balance, but at the same time, go for funds and make sure that our therapists and ourselves in the back office get paid as well. And, you know, it might not be as much as what we would get in a corporate, but it's still... Um, you know, decent in the sense of making sure that everyone's, you know, still gets paid for their services, which is what we're keen to do. Really, really, really powerful, really, really powerful. And I like that, the sound of that, because also I'd imagine as people exploring differing models that I love how that emerged from something where we're just purely volunt volunteering yeah. time and support where people got something that benefit from it to free, through to where people may be paying you to make it available at the point of service for service users or through to where some people can pay a nominal amount. That's right, yeah. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's, before we close, talk about the, yeah. the two books. First of all, I guess, let's talk about the Healing Hugs and book yeah. briefly. And very, very interesting that, I mean, <laughs> some people may be, yeah, let's see the cover of that again. I guess that some people might be, wow, fantastic. Some lovely um, illustrations in there as well. Mm. Um, Tell lovely. us in a nutshell, you know, imagine us an intelligent 12-year-old. How would you describe this book? Um, I would describe it as um, something that is very easy to read. Um, some people that have read it already, it's been on Amazon Kindle for a while. We've just got the soft back out now. So it's available on the therapyforlife.net website, our My Body Therapy website. Um, and it's very easy to read. Um, it's when I've done some research, I was asking different people about all the types of hugs that they would love to give. And I'm, we're, I'm coming from a very huggy family. Mm. And it was like dying slowly in, in a, in a, mental and soul spirit way mm -hmm. to not be able to see my family what says hug them and even when I did see them it's like not being able to give that hug I'm like this is wrong it just doesn't feel right it's really doing something to all of us um and it's not right we so need that human connection noticed, yeah just um, carrying something that you noticed particularly during the years where we had um COVID-19 totally were you, getting, were you getting a sense that because it sounds as though you started working on this book prior to that were you getting a sense that yeah. that you know coming from a huggy family that this was very very important and you wanted to bring it to people's consciousness anyway I think so because as we said I think when we wanted our own space um you know six years ago say seven years it's we wanted our own space so when people came in they felt that hug when mm -hmm. they're coming into the center so mm -hmm. and they can go and drop their shoulders so it's something that we had thought about before um about so many people um i know feeling rejected or damaged or you know coming from places on the spaces of um hurt and disappointment with their families um so many stories that come into the center over the years and you know um not everyone wants that hug as i do say in the book not everyone is touchy feely but at the same time even if it's a touch on the arm or mm -hmm. they're feeling it through your words as well which i do mention in there about hugging with your words mm -hmm. it's that kind of um holding somebody close holding them up even um yeah. keeping them going um giving them something that is in their day that um 
you know, oh, that meant something to me. Oh, I needed that, you know. Very powerful. So, so, so I, I love the, 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 the range of what you're talking about there from the, the mm. full of hog to uh, chat. Sometimes I, I, it's funny that I'm I, funny, I'm, I'm almost like from the opposite. I'm not from particularly huggy family at all. Mm. I do know in certain things that sometimes just from the, a touch mm. on somebody's arm at the right yeah. moment when somebody just to let them know. Funny mm. enough, a friend of mine, I was playing a, a game of squash with them earlier on today and just checking with them and just that there you know mm. that, and holding the space also and as you yeah. said people with the, the words okay so tell us about the the new book which sounds as though you're just finishing off <laughs> just finished tell us about that book um that one um is still work in progress um so um work in progress i've got um my daughter's, our daughter's getting married this year so july august will be very busy so you know i won't get back to it till september september or so so it might not be out to the new year but mm. it's building life muscles so many people that again have come through the, into the center to um to be um, helped up or to be shown away or how do you manage? How do you do it? How do you cope? Um, how do I do this? I've got this issue in my life. Um, and, you know, with our children, we've always talked about building life muscles, building muscles, basically um, to be in your work, in your career, in your business. It's mm. about um, building the stamina, building, mm. um, you know, resistance um, in, a, in, in, a, in a sense to, to, um, challenges in life in a sense that you will continue just keep you know you keep going yes you stop and pause and you recover but you you know you build that kind of stamina and strength and determination to um, no matter what the challenges in life and they can be many and they people have been through many challenges you know in a short space of time over the over the pandemic years um, it's you you dig deep you find that inner strength you um, realize the strength that you didn't know that you had after heartache and breakup and loss and you know pain and coming from pain you know you somehow dig deep to find that inner strength to keep going and that's that's in a nutshell what the book is about building life muscles yeah that's wonderful I think that that's such a nice moment I think that's a nice moment to almost begin to uh, to begin to kind of wrap it up and um, mm. what can I just ask you in your journey what's helped you to build those life muscles because I'd imagine that going on this journey, being one's own boss. Um, we haven't even brought in colour, gender. We still live in a world where, and you can yeah. it through your work where those things can play out hugely. Um, be it when one's in the corporate space, other spaces. How is it that you found those life muscles and continue to find the strength also to support other people on their journey as well? I think it's the topping up. I talk about it in Power Up, you know, and I think that another book is coming after after that as well. The Power Up too. I've got to because there's so much more to put in there in a sense of topping up your pots um, in life. So if I say, okay, top up your career, top up your family, you top up on um, relationships, you top up on your social life, you top up on your hobbies. It's keeping those topped up. And every so often, one or, one or the other might go down. And then for me, in particular, when I talk about a bit in the book about diversity and inclusion, it's about mentally being tired, you know, of always having to prove yourself or always having to do something in the business, always having to make decisions all the time. You have to be there all the time. And it's, it can be, as you say, exhausting. But for me, the top up is definitely, you know, my faith, my strength, my, um, you know, my relationship with the universe, my relationship with whatever you want to call it, because I'm coming from a point Pentecostal background but I don't like the labels so mm. my strengths come from source and mm. um, what difference calls one energy mm. um, my 
strength also comes in that prayer meditation, that medi prayer, we call it the um, time that we spend in those quiet moments, the, the pause moments, the silence. Um, I talk about the 16 minutes a day, at least having that to have those pause moments that tops me up spiritually and my soul. Um, topping up with family is a given a must for me, family or friends, whoever you call your family, um, topping that up. It feeds your soul, just like the hugs, it feeds your soul. So to me, that again is about topping up with family and friends. And probably the last one is about topping up with community. So the community around you, people like yourselves, you know, who I have called on, you know, when I've been in need, um, people that um, are in your, in around, surround you, your neighbours, um, your, your people in your sports club, you know, your people at your gym, people at your workplace, whoever it is that you call upon, people that look like you, that feel like you, you know what I mean, that, that feel the same things as you um top up from those you know dig into those join a club join the community join something that as you said earlier it's, it's really good to be joining something because or be a part of something or volunteer with something because you, you are with like-minded people and that top shops your soul and spirit and also it's definitely on the physical side it's exercise Mm-hmm. um de-stressing is totally the exercise the walk just as you were saying I think on one of your um podcasts is about the walking in the morning it was very good that the squash that you do um it's so important yeah, for the mind body and soul yeah someone watches I'm watching <laughs> watching you as well well it's just doing that the so, time I couldn't agree with you more yeah, yeah. it's just in the ex- the physical exercise so yes. you're talking about that the, it's interesting, isn't it? It sounds yeah. as though we've talked about all of these things. The mind yes. is having that, of the, 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 those, those life skills. Yeah. We've talked about the body, the well-being, yeah. and, the, so, and, the physical, and the spirit. All yes, of all of them, topping them up, yeah. Wonderful. And that's what keeps me going. Top, top up every pot. It will keep you going. Oh, and wonderful. to be able to top up your own so that you've got something to give to others. Yeah. Uh, Karen, it's been really amazing speaking to you. Um, thank you. Say thank you um, for the work that you're you're doing and continuing to do. I can just tell from speaking to you the energy and the healing and the um, not just the healing but that energizing, mm. you know, empowering others, which is really, mm. really fantastic. And I'm sure that lots of people who watch this will feel empowered and encouraged yeah. um, yeah, um, to 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 begin or to carry on or to push mm-hmm. further forward or to go take that next that next jump so thank you so so much for being thank here. you thank you for I'm having me <laughs> oh, just such a pleasure i'm about to thank you the recording <laughs> thank you